for just about everything for the outdoors, go to MidwayUSA.com. I'm Erica Lynn, and we all know the ocean is the most demanding environment on Earth, consistently testing the reliability and durability of our equipment. When you spend as much time fishing as I do, you know that reliable gear is essential for staying on the water. This is why I went with Abyss Battery to power my trolling motor, electronics, and outboard. The guys at Abyss Battery are rattling the saltwater industry by manufacturing performance marine batteries specifically designed for sonar, outboards, trolling motors, and electronic fishing reels. They're also Bluetooth compatible, so I found check Checking battery statuses right on your phone while you're out on the water is a huge game changer. To learn more about why Abyss batteries are used by the pros and factory installed by Premier Boat Builders, visit abyssbattery.com. Knives, machetes, saws, and shears, multi-tools, shovels, swords, axes, spears, hatchets, and tomahawks. If it cuts, snips, slices, or chops, Midway USA has it. Find great gift ideas in our huge selection of pocket knives and other everyday carry folding knives. Make a statement or create a family legacy with one of our top-of-the-line hunting knives. We've got a great selection of manual and electric sharpeners, too. For just about everything for the outdoors, check out MidwayUSA.com. Happy Tuesday, everybody. Today is June 1st, 2021, and today's guest is Ryan Silver from G5 Outdoors. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. I am your host, Aaron Blasey, and today's episode is 163. In today's episode, I have Ryan Silver from G5 Outdoors on to talk about everything G5. Basically, all their broadheads, all the accessories they offer, we get, we get a deep dive into all the different broadheads they're doing right now and what they've kind of done in the past, but um, this is this is one I've been wanting to do for a while because G5 is in my backyard Kind of, I mean, they're in Memphis, Michigan, so uh, they're a little ways from me, a couple hour drive, but um, being in Michigan, Michigan based company and still, you know, privately owned is is awesome. So I wanted to get Ryan on here and talk about all of G5's products because they have really good products as well. So um, that's what today's podcast is going to be all about. A little update on everything going on with me as far as deer hunting stuff, really nothing. Right now, it's, um, I don't know. I just I'm I'm gearing up to start getting trail cams out around the Fourth of July. Here the first week or two of July. That's when I like to try to get them out. Um, recently just got a new cell cam, so um, I'm eager to try that out. Uh, I got the render from Exodus, so I'm I'm eager to try that out. Cell cams is something I've been jumping into the last couple years and kind of gradually getting into it, and I really enjoy it. So um, can't wait to get that out and try that and see. Uh, see what it's all about um but that's about it right now i'm my house we started my house build i know previously in episodes we've we've i've kind of brushed on that we're you know gonna build a house this spring and that's what we're doing right now so that is in like full effect it is going you know the basement the walls are poured the basement's basically done i got to get in this next weekend and start framing the basement walls and everything like that so pretty exciting um gonna be a lot of work uh <laughs> hope to be in by the first year but uh we'll see so 
Um, but yeah, that's that's about it. That's all I've got for this week. Uh, Ryan Silver is a great guy. I'm I'm glad I got to hook up with him and and do this podcast. So hopefully you guys will enjoy this. Don't forget, go to iTunes, leave a five star rating, and leave a review. That'd be greatly appreciated. And hopefully everyone enjoys this podcast. All right, welcome back to the Fall Podcast. And today on the other line, I've got Ryan Silver from G5. Ryan, welcome to the podcast, and thank you very much for coming on. Thanks for having me, man. Yeah, no problem. I I thank you very much for coming on in short notice. And this is something I've been wanting to do for a while and just in my own head. And, you know, G5 is is a Michigan brand. You guys are made in the USA, uh, awesome brand, still you know, I, if I, if I'm correct, you guys are still owned privately, right? You know, you, uh, yes. you know, I, I see a lot of these companies just getting bought up by these bigger conglomerates oh, and, is. you know, it's awesome to see that you guys are holding strong still. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. No, we're still family owned right here in Memphis, Michigan. And, uh, we own a, a few brands right now. Um, but we brought all the products to the market ourselves. So it's not like we really bought any brands yet, but um, yeah, that's uh, happening a lot out there. Unfortunately, you're seeing a lot of big conglomerates buying up a lot of family-owned companies and trading them and selling them and yeah, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, I get it, man. That's that's awesome to see. And and honestly, it G5 is something that I've grown up with, you know, and and it's always been here. I'm a Michigan guy. I've been in Michigan my whole life, so it's pretty cool. And um, I'm excited yeah. to have you on here and, and talk some broadheads today. That's awesome. We, we we love the Michigan stuff too. I mean, I know uh, I know there's an awful lot of hunters in Michigan, and and we're really trying to represent Michigan as much as we can. So we really appreciate the opportunity to go on and talk to Michiganders. Heck yeah, man! Well, yep. cool. Oh, I want to start there. Then I want to transition a little bit and just say, you know, kind of give a little brief bio on you yourself. Are you know, were you born and raised in Michigan, and and how long have you been at G five? Yeah, I mean, I was definitely born and raised in Michigan and just outside of Detroit area. And uh, I, you know, just kind of normal, I guess, life. Grew up hunting. My dad got me into hunting and uh, a lot of waterfowl hunting and turkey hunting. Uh, Never really did much deer hunting at all until I started working here, which was about, about nine years ago now. And and, uh, yeah, I mean, I did, like I said, did a lot of waterfowl fowl hunting, fishing, all that good stuff in northern Michigan. Uh, my dad's always had a either a place up there or a buddy's place that we can go hunting in, mostly state land. Uh, a lot of steelhead fishing and salmon fishing in the rivers up there. And, uh, and then I finally got this job, and that kind of introduced me to shooting a bow. I have shot a bow prior to getting this job. Um, not much, you know, a couple recurves, a couple compounds, but from the time that I did shoot a bow to when I took this job, bows had tr- changed dr- tremendously. So they were uh, much better technology, easier to draw back, easier to aim. So it kind of came pretty easily, easy to me, just, you know, the whole motion of shooting, obviously actually hitting your target isn't, isn't the easiest thing to do depending <laughs> yeah. on how far you're shooting. Yeah. So, well, so that's really cool. Right- yeah, I picked the right company to get involved on that end of it because our bows uh, tend to really help me aim at the level that I'm at, just how balanced they are. So, so yeah, I, I basically uh, got a degree in uh, uh, marketing on the uh, illustration side. My degree is in illustration, so graphic design, things like that. Um, came out of college a couple years later, applied for this job, started working here nine years ago, and 
and here I am, basically one half of our marketing department. That's awesome, man. That's really cool. Yeah. Now, when you got into shooting a bow, like you said, you know, when you got this job, roughly how old were you at that time? And was it later, kind of later in your, in your years, you know, because your, I guess your hunting career, you could say, because a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. they start younger and, and you might've been like a later guy to the game. Like, how was that transition when you picked up a bow later in life? You know, I shouldn't yeah. say in life, but yeah. you know, as you were older, how did that transition come about? And were you like really intimidated when it came about? Uh, Yes, actually, I, I kind of was. I was a little bit, I would say, I, I mean, my dad's always taught me to respect any weapon, you know, sure. because it could take a life any any which way. So, yeah, I was a little intimidated just because it's not the same as holding a gun or shooting a shotgun or even a pistol for that matter. So it was a little unfamiliar. Um, and I was more worried about not being able to drop back in front of everybody. It's <laughs> really, really the scary part, right? So, yeah. you know, um, I, but... I think they handed me a 60 pound bow and today's technology, it's really not that difficult. I mean, I understand, I understand people with injuries and stuff like that, but I was shocked when I first did it, when I, my first year of working here, how easy it was. Cause what I remembered as a kid, when I pulled a compound bow back, I thought I was going to rip my arm off. I thought I was, you know, one of them, I couldn't even get back and it was embarrassing, but (laughs) you know, I guess, I guess as a kid, you don't really have the same muscles and, and whatnot that you do when I guess when you grow up. So for me, it was a bit intimidating to go and try and do it. And then, but once once I got past that first step and understood that it's really not a big deal drawing this bow back, um, I had some pretty good teachers here on the whole anchoring and the whole how to hold the uh, the the grip the right way. So it was really easy for me to kind of get into and start hitting, you know, pie plates at 20 yards. Sure. Um, I mean, the guys here are pretty technical. They know how to build arrows for me. They know how to set my bow up correctly and all that stuff. Now, I've learned along the way I wouldn't uh, go try and set up my own bow by any means, but I do do understand how it works now. So, yeah, that's really cool. That helped having good teachers and, you know, having good people around you that were very encouraging to get you into it because it is intimidating for me from the outside coming into it yeah so it's it, when things get intimidating like that it's very important to have the right people around you to help ease your way into it definitely so, yeah, yeah and that's that's one thing like i want to get into fly fish fly fishing eventually i've mm-hmm. i've thrown a fly maybe twice in my life but i am so intimidated to do it it's a very intimidating to like i don't know i i, I just i kind of take bow hunting or shooting archery the same way as fly fishing in a way it's like almost kind of an art form um yeah i fly fishing for sure you know yeah and that's why i kind of asked that question because if i was i'm 34 now if i was to get into fly fishing still now i'd be you know i never grew up doing it so i'm like i remember the couple times i did throw a fly in the river i'm like wow i just i just put the rod down and i'm like nah i i don't know if i could do this (laughs) yeah you know, no, I remember when I first went fly fishing, I almost threw the rod down myself. <laughs> yeah. Well, very cool, man. Well, I want to get into today, like I said earlier, broadheads. G5 makes mm-hmm. an outstanding broadhead, in my opinion. Um, and I want to yeah. talk to you guys, you in particular, about mm-hmm. each broadhead. Because um, the broadheads out there in the hunting world are a hot button topic. It doesn't matter what day of the week it is. I feel like it's like mechanicals, this fixed blades, this like single bevel, oh, yeah. double bevel. Like, I mean, it just, it's endless, you know? 
Um, yeah, and there's there's tons of different takes on it and different opinions. So, for sure, yep. for sure. Well, let's start with I, I'm just let's start with mechanicals. What do you guys offer mm-hmm. for mechanicals? Um, and let's start there, and then I'll I'll ask some questions about about each broadhead yep. that uh, that comes out here. Sure. Yeah. I mean, the, the mechanicals we currently have on the market are the dead meat and the mega meat. Those are two uh, uh, three blade mechanicals. Um, the dead meat came out uh, a couple, three, two, three years before the mega meat, which just came out last year. I think they were going into our beginning, our third year with the mega meat now. Um, and honestly, all, they all kind of got derived from the T3, which was a three, our first three blade mechanical that we made a while ago. Um, it's basic same design with rearward sliding blades. So our blades don't kind of fling open like a switchblade and yep. have like a chopping motion. Yeah, with the rearward sliding blades, number one, they're always exposed, the blades. And number two, when they slide back, they're they're at more of a better cutting angle. So if you were to use a knife, you know, you slice a steak with a knife as opposed to chopping a steak with a knife. You just get a better cut with it. So that's kind of what our claim to fame was with our three blades is rearward sliding blades. And then uh, uh, we, we made the dead meat about... Five years ago, I believe, four years ago, I think it was. And then uh, that's a one and a half inch cutting three blade mechanical. So, okay. The, and then the, the Mega Meat was just another version of the Dead Meat, but it's two inch three blade cut. So it's, and then we added a little bit sharper blades and a little bit more of a, um, a solid retaining clip for it. So, okay. So, so you, you do offer a clip with it then? Yeah, it's uh, it's called the Snaplock Collar, and it's really easy to use. So that was one of the issues with the T3. It was a great broadhead, performed great. It was a little bit frustrating or too technical for some people to figure out how the uh, uh, spider clips work that actually hold the blades in place. So, and it was it's pretty smart. It's a pretty genius idea to it. It's just like magic, you know. It doesn't like snap in. So yep. the key was with these with these collars that we have now. You feel it snap in. You see it snap in, and you you are very reassured that that blade is secure and it's not going to deploy early. So gotcha. Very cool. And it's easy to use. Yes, easy to use. So okay. So you said it's a three blade, uh, inch and a mm-hmm. half cutting diameter um, on the dead meat on the, the dead meat. meat. Yeah, Mega Meat two inch, three two blade. inch. Yep. Okay, and that's a three blade as well. Do you have two blades right. in these at all, or do you no. guys plan on coming out with them? We don't have any two blades anymore. Um, the first broadheads that we created for G five were two blade uh, uh, fixed. They were like one piece. It was like a B fifty two, and then the Chicote we actually made. So they were like two blade fixed, and then we came out with a Havoc, which was a two blade. Which was a great broadhead. It was, you know, the retaining system was a little bit more of that magical side than the actual feel it click in type thing. But it was, we, we just started to realize that three blades was more of our game. Now, okay. it doesn't mean, it doesn't mean we're not going to come out with a two blade one day. I'm not, not real sure uh, what the future has in place, but the three blade was more of our game. We always like to try to concentrate on, on what we know and, and what we're good at, you know? Yep. Definitely. <clears throat> Plus, I, we um, like we like three blades as a big old chunk. As, as <laughs> there you go. I'm looking at the dead meat right now. I'm 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 on your website as we're as mm-hmm. we're doing going through this. And my personal opinion on this, I've never used it. Um I did used to shoot the T threes back in the day and I actually had really mm-hmm. good success with them. Um Yeah. Great broadhead. Yeah, Great broadhead. yep. Now yep. the these this dead meat, 
I'm going to kind of refer back to what you said before about the blades always being exposed. I really like that because I feel like if, in fact, something did happen and something didn't open, you still have cutting in there. That's correct. Um, yeah. And that's I really like that. And it's 100% steel. Um, yep. It's very durable. And Made in the USA. I love that. That sticker right there, that's that's huge for me, man. I, I really yeah. enjoy that. Um, yeah. To come... Uh, to go farther with this broadhead, are you so you're available probably in a hundred grain? Do you have any like 125s, 150s? Yep, on the dead meat, yes, we have 125 and 100 grain, and we also have a crossbow version which has a little bit stronger collar. And then I do believe, yes, we have a deep six model, okay, for the dead meat. Now, the mega meat, we do not have a deep six. Gotcha, <clears throat> okay, very cool. Now, what uh, what are these retailing at? If somebody wanted to go out and buy them. Uh, Retail is about forty-five bucks. Okay. So, but give or take five bucks, depending on the dealers you decide to go to, it's mostly give. Um, a lot of times, we also have a lot of great rebates going on during the before the season. I sh- usually the rebates end about uh, mid-October. Yep. So right before season, when you're really going to go buy your broadheads, um, we usually have really good rebates going on, and you sometimes are up to ten bucks off. So nice, nice. Yeah. What is if somebody w- was to pick up? you know, a pack of these or something like that. How do they practice with them? Do they practice with the broadheads that they buy or does it come with a practice head? The dead meat comes with a practice head and it's called the BMP. And it's more like a practice head system that we created here at G5. It's uh, BMP stands for ballistics matched point. So we have our own little air tunnel that we, we bought and then kind of engineered a little bit to practice the wind drag on the side and on the front of different shapes, shapes that resemble the broadhead. So what we created was a, an aerodynamically matched tip that is totally safe in all targets. So you could shoot that just like a field point all day long, won't hurt any targets, and it has the same aerodynamics matched on side wind drag and front end wind drag of the actual broadhead when it's closed. Awesome. So, yeah, so yes, we do have practice heads, but they're more like a practice head system. So basically any three-blade expandable that has exposed blades like ours, so it works both for the mega meat and the dead meat. You can actually shoot that all day in your backyard, won't hurt your targets, and you're going to fly the same. So, Yep, very cool. Now, I, I got a selfish question. I'm going to put you on the spot here. Sure. <laughs> if you had to pick between the dead meat and the mega meat, which one are you <laughs> picking between the two? <clears throat> no, I've killed animals with both, but I would have to say hands down the mega meat. Okay. So Any particular reason? Cut, it's a bigger cut and it's sharper blades, and that just – gets me excited so okay you like the big hole lots lots like of blood oh well, yeah i'm not that good of a shot so i gotta rely on that broadhead a lot more than most people hey at least you're honest man i love honesty yeah. so that's great yeah i'm good not deal. uh i've had i have i've killed two animals or one with each of those and then i killed a turkey with a dead meat that was murder that was awesome when i killed that turkey that thing died very quickly but it was a really good shot so i don't think it mattered on the broadhead yeah but the deer that I hit, where I have, oh, man, I'm still trying to struggle on where to aim these damn things when they're moving <laughs> slow. And it's like getting them to stop moving, and then when do I shoot, and then they all jump out. But either way, I had a couple of not-so-good shots, hit them a little far back. Both animals died without real real issues at all, which was nice. <laughs> yep. But the mega meat made a mess. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. That thing didn't go very far, and she died quick. <laughs> so, so, you know, I feel like... 
being an archer, a bow hunter and everything, you know, when we get into that moment of truth, when, when you're full draw on a buck or a doe, it doesn't matter. I mean, you, obviously you're about ready to take a life. So it's like, I feel mm-hmm. like in your head, everything just gets amplified and you have to rush, rush, rush. So it's always like, how do you slow that moment down? Because I mean, I've been bow hunting a long time and I still, when you go to full draw and your, your heart is about ready to bump out of your chest, it's like, mm-hmm. holy shit. Like, Slow yeah. down here. I've been here before, you know. <laughs> oh yeah, I just black out. I don't even know. What <laughs> I do too. I call it blackout mode, and it's it's awesome. You come to and you're like, holy oh, shit, what just happened? <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's right. Now I'm getting I'm getting better with the turkeys because I grew up killing turkeys a lot, and I never really bow hunted, which was all. Which my first time bow hunting the turkey was awesome because it was so close, and that that got me just as jacked up as the first deer that I saw come in. So I was I was pretty pretty just jacked up on that one but you're in a blind so you already have this kind of tunnel vision yes so which kind of helps to me like all the other elements around you don't matter because you're already kind of in a little dark blind you're looking out of a tiny little hole and at this point you have tunnel vision on this animal so but trying to calm i don't know man you figure that one out you let me know i can't (laughs) I can't do I still get jacked up. Shit, I get jacked up with ducks flying and I'm still shooting at Oh, I'm <laughs> I'm a new waterfowl hunter too. And as of like the last couple of years, and I'll tell you what, I like to goose hunt and everything, but there is nothing like duck hunting, you know, in the waterfowl Hell game. No. I love flying yeah. ducks and when they come in locked in and they're you know, they're committed, oh, yeah. it's like, Oh my gosh. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yep. Everything comes into place and then yeah, no, I mean past shooting them at forty miles an hour, oh, they're uh they're chat they could be a challenge they could be just fun as hell the best part about it is you could just kind of chill and have a talk with your buddies exactly yep you can drink coffee and yep (laughs) you can cook if you want don't have to worry about the smell or nothing (laughs) that's right yep Uh, well let's transition here i want to go to the fixed blades Mm -hmm. and this is what um, I've just to kind of give a little background on me i've always been a mechanical guy well i shouldn't say always growing up um, my dad would never let me shoot mechanicals. I always shot literally 100 grain Thunderheads forever. You know, okay. it was a great yep. broadhead. Um, when I started getting older and, you know, later in high school and in college, I got newer bows. Um, my I felt like the, th- or the, the mechanical thing was like the new thing to do. Went to the mechanical mm-hmm. side yep. and I haven't looked back. But now, I, I guess that you could call it a trend or I'm going with the trends. I don't know. I, I want to find... Um, uh, some sort of fixed blade that I can use that because at heart I feel like I want to be a fixed blade guy but sure, yeah. the results that I've had the last 10 12 years with a mechanical I can't like go against that you know so I'm just trying to like mm-hmm. try new things out and I really want to pick your brain about these these fixed heads um yeah. first and foremost if you guys came out with a new broadhead not too long ago called the montec m3 this one That's intrigues right. me and i don't know anything about it so i, I want to know more um, well the 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 montec m3 is derived from the original montec which is one solid piece of steel so it's actually there's no welds or anything it's just a solid piece of steel which makes it super strong and the cool really cool part about it is it's easy to resharpen because of the uh, angle of the way the blades sit when you set the broadhead down. Yep. They sit flush to a flat surface. So you just do a few circles on each side of it and you can sharpen your own broadheads very easily and you can reuse these because they're super strong. So pretty much a working man's broadhead. So sure. the M3 design what has harder steel and it has no vents in it. 
So the non-vented design helps the broadhead be quieter in the air flight. Like your fletchings are going to be a lot louder than your broadhead will be. So for longer shots, if you got a, a you know, your your arrows coming in at a longer distances or more open open distances, that deer will have won't be able to hear that broadhead or duck the string, if you will, um, as as early as he could if you know your broadhead's making a lot of noise. So quiet quiet was a big issue with it and it's stronger because it's made out of 420 stainless which is a little bit tougher steel than we originally used on the original montech okay and because of that it actually holds a bit of a sharper edge so it's more comparable to our montech carbon series which are our carbon steel ones um on the sharp side and the strength side but it's stainless so it doesn't rust and it's a non-vented design Awesome. And first and foremost, when I look at it, I'm like, man, that's a sexy piece of machinery right there. Yeah. Like it's, looks, looks I, pretty cool. it is yeah. in the name M3. So where's the name M3? <laughs> Obviously probably off the Montec kind of thing. Well, it's kind of, uh, yeah, it's the Montec and it's a three blade. So we okay. have a Montec three blade and we just kind of stuffed that together as the M3 series without the vents. So it just kind of separated from the original Montec. So. Okay. What, what <laughs> grains do you offer this in as well? Uh, currently you can easily get the hundred grains in the store. The one twenty fives are coming soon. They should be very, very soon. We're kind of, we're kind of waiting for some steel and trying to get this done up. But yeah, as soon as we get that, we will be, we'll be shipping out one twenty five soon. So they'll come in both 100 and 125 grains. Very cool. And these, now when you get these, do they come with a practice head also, or do you just use these to practice with? Um, you can use them to practice with. You'll have to resharpen them before you go on the field. They're super tough broadheads. They're not really going to break or anything, but they will cut up a target. So we do offer a BMP for these as well. Okay. So we have a three-blade fixed BMP as well that works for Mon original Montex, M3s, Strikers, all that stuff. Now, what is your, like, uh, I guess maybe you call R&D or something? Whenever you come up with a new broadhead, what is your... I guess it might not be R and D, but like, how do you put this through the paces before you ship it out and like give it to the public? So, you know, it's up to G five standards and you know, the best yeah. quality out there. Like, what does that process look like? Well, for us, it's there, there's an awful lot of it, but a lot of it has to do with strength testing and obviously flight testing. Um, our sharpness has never been a, an issue. We have really, really tight tolerances when it comes to grinding and centerless grinding and some of the other grindings that we do here in a shop because we're more than just the archery equipment. We actually make medical equipment for some of the major medical companies. Um, we do some some um, um, military work as well on some of the gun side. So we've always been really tight machining tolerances. So the, the, the sharpness always kind of came came with that. So our, our real tests were strength, and we build our own machines here to test our broadhead. So we like I said, we bought a wind tunnel that we had to modify for to test for drag to get the thing to flight, fly right. Uh, we built a machine called the guillotine that we dropped the broadhead into a piece of aluminum, and it's like about a, a quarter-inch thick piece of aluminum, and we'll drop it, and it's going to mimic about uh, kinetic energy equal to about a 350-foot-per-second bow. Okay. So, And it just goes slamming right into this piece of metal, and then we test it at an angle as well to see if it holds up at the stem area. And we'll test all of the other major competitor broadheads against ours as well to see where we stand. And, and we don't 
we don't stop until we're happy. Well, and that usually means we got to be number one in that test. So we need to be stronger than everybody else. We need to fly better than everybody else. And we usually are sharper than everybody else. So that's, uh, that's one thing that I love about our broadheads and our testing. We take it to a whole other level with the testing. And one of the other things we try to do is we will get some dealers together and actually go shoot, shoot some animals with these things and see how they perform you know, out throughout different bows and stuff like that. So that's the other part to it. You know, if you, if your bow kind of shoots at different angles and you have a broad head, that's not very forgiving, that thing can grab air and be off by feet, you know? So sometimes you got to have a little bit of forgiveness in your broad head to get it to fly a little straight because you're not flying perfectly straight. You know what I mean? Right. Right. So, so there's that part of it too. We try and have a little bit of a tolerance area in that to where, you know, if, if you're not perfectly planed out, you might have less flyers with our broadheads than some of the other, like, three-blade fixed broadheads. I got gotcha. you. So yeah. kind of going to these fixed blades, you know, the noise around the industry, and it has been for a while, you hear a lot of people saying, you know, I can't tune them to my bow, or my bow, mm-hmm. there's a flyer. And this is just goes for all fixed blades, I think. You know, that's just why a lot of people are like, Pretty oh, much. I can throw a mechanical on it, and... I know it's going to fly like a field point. Now, with your guys's this kind of stuff, does does this M3 fly pretty true? I mean, to your field points and don't have to do a lot of tune extra tuning. No, I mean, I, I don't. I, it flies great. It flies in our some of our pros' opinion better than the original Montech does. Okay. Um, so yes, we we think it flies better, but there's no doubt there's a certain level of man you got to have your arrow tuned. I mean, sure. things got to be going straight. So, or if you're in a heavy crosswind, I don't care what fixed blade you get, you're gonna you're gonna pick up a little drag with that. So, it's it is a matter of tuning your broadhead right. But I mean, there's some rigs out there that can shoot fixed blades like just like a field tip. I know a lot of guys end up a lot of guys end up doing that. They're, they're their field tips will land right where their uh, uh, fixed blades will. So, you know, I mean, that's to me, <laughs> I consider that luck, but a lot of guys <laughs> actually do it consistent. But, yep. so. Yeah. Well, what, to, what do these retail at as well? The M3s, I believe, are $40. Okay. Retail. And so, that's a pack of three? That's a pack of three. And like I said, they're, they're, you could easily resharpen them yourself. And uh, so they're reusable because they're super strong. So okay. it's kind of a worker man's broadhead. Yep. So no, M3 is $45. The Montecs are $40. Okay. So. Well, I guess that's a good transition right into the original Montec. Let's talk about that a little bit. And maybe we don't have to dive yeah. too deep into it, but maybe just talk about you know what that was and then how it kind of morphed into the M3 that maybe we haven't covered yet. Yeah, I mean, the Montec was pretty much our – our, our biggest bang that we've had yet for G5 and still one of the strongest, most best-selling fixed blade broadheads on the market. I mean, it's uh, it's a tried and true testament to broadheads. It's got a very good, uh, strong tip on it that gives you great penetration um, just because of where all the force and all the strength is built is right into that super sharp point. So it's, it's, it's just a really, really good broadhead that was easy. And that's the key. It's easy. It's simple to use. You just screw it on and aim and shoot it. So, and all of our broadheads are spin tested. So, these Montecs, every one of them is spin tested before they get put in a package for wobble. So, if they have any run out, 
they'll be rejected. So our quality control is a big deal on that. But again, the key with the Montec and even the M3 is it's a very easy to use broadhead that is reusable, a good working man's broadhead. Now the M3 is a little more technical because it's a non-vented design. It's got a little bit more of a long elongated tip to it. So it will have a, a you know a little difference in drag if your bow's not tuned up right. So a lot of elk guys, a lot of guys out west are loving that Montec M3. Um, I don't, I don't know if the penetration is even matchable. That thing is a is a powerhouse coming in. So, and the Montec is basically the the, the platform that wrote that script for the M3. Yeah, sure. Now, so, with with the cutting diameter between the Montec and M3, is there any difference in size there? Uh, it's minor. It's I think it's like less than a sixteenth. Okay, it's more like a thirty second of an inch difference. Um, but we were able to drag the tip out maybe like a sixteenth of an inch longer. So the whole broadhead's just a little bit longer than the original Montec, which gives you a little bit better penetration on that point. I got you. And it looks like you offer this one an 85 grain up to 125? That's correct. Yes. Okay. And you can probably do that a little bit more with that vented system and probably the less vented or not vented, right? Yeah. So the that's the key with most of the broadheads we design is you're always battling that weight. Okay, gotcha. Yeah. Very cool. Now let's let's go to the Montec. Um, I'm looking at the website, like I said here, the Montec mm-hmm. CS. What is this CS? So CS stands for carbon steel. It's just a little bit stronger, and because of that, it can hold a sharper edge than the standard stainless steel. Okay. Would you personally recommend the CS over the Montec, or you know, vice versa? I would, but the the CS off. Like I said, it's a little bit stronger, a little bit sharper. But I, it, it has a little bit of maintenance to it because carbon steel rusts. So oh, gotcha. you kind of got to either keep them oiled or greased. And a lot of people don't want to do that because of the smell with the deer and stuff. So, which is fine. It's just when you bring them, you got to bring them inside when you're done, you know, because gotcha. they can rust. That's, that's the only thing. Yep. Carbon steel can rust. Okay. So. Now, what's this Montec preseason that you have here? That was our original version of our practice heads. It's basically a oh. non-sharpened Montec, just so you don't tear up your targets too much. Gotcha. Gotcha. Yep. Okay. Now, moving on to the striker. Now, this one I don't know a ton about, but I know it's one of your OGs, right? Like, this is, I think, one of yes. the ones you guys have had for a long time. Yes. Striker was the first replaceable fixed blade that we, we came out with. And uh, at the time, it was, uh, uh, it was about a an inch and a 16th cut, something like that. So just over an inch cut. And it was the key with the uh, striker is I don't know if anybody makes sharper blades on the market. These blades are called Lutz blades. They're actually blades that is uh, it's German sharpened Swiss steel. So there's this guy named Dr. Lutz who was the, the, the foregone leader on sharp blades and he was in the medical industry. So he invented these blades that are super, super sharp because they get down to such a thin thin amount. Because, you know, when you sharpen a blade, you can only get so sharp, and then it just starts to fold over itself. Right. Um, so there's a very tight science in trying to get is the sharpest edge that you can, and this Dr. Lutz figured it out. So we figured out how to get blades from him so that we can put them on a replaceable blade fixed head. And that's, that's where the striker came from. And since then, we have had... We have our third model of the Striker coming out now, which is called the Striker X, which is a four-blade. So, okay. So, and that's all replaceable blades then? 
Yes. So that and it's a real easy system. As soon as you screw the arrow off, there's a little washer on the back. You slide that off, and the blades slide right out of their slots. Very cool. And then you repl- replace them with some new ones. So that's, that's all awesome. steel too. All steel, even the ferro steel. The ferro's all made here. Um, yeah. So it's all rock and roll hard steel. Yep. And it looks like you guys are you guys still offering the pink Montec for like the women out there that yes, like to we do. Okay. Of course. Yeah, we like the pink Montec. We actually thought about adding some other colors, but uh I don't know. I don't know if we can make that happen, but I <laughs> I'm hoping to. I you know what I think would be cool is if we made Montecs the same colors as we make like prime bows, so that we can like you could match your Montec to your your bow. Like if you get a morel colored riser, you can get morel Montecs. That's pretty cool. I don't, wouldn't that be cool? That would be a yeah. good idea, yeah. It's all yeah, about customizing your pe- stuff nowadays, you know? That's right. Let's start a petition. There you go. <laughs> Listen to me. <laughs> you know, one of the questions I have, I guess you have all these broadheads, and they're they're, they're tried and true. You know, you've had the Montec for a long time. You've had the Striker for a long time. And, you know, the, the mechanical side of things, your dead meat and your mega meat, that's kind of morphed from, like, the T3. So, like, right. how when you go into – looking at a broadhead that you have and trying to make it better than it, what it is like, how does that process work to like make it even better when it's really good right now? Well, one of the first things that you got to do is listen to your customers. So when they, uh, you really got to pay attention when you do release something for the first couple of years to see where your flaws are at and you have to admit to your flaws, you know, so you can go try and fix them. Um, so that's one thing you do to improve anything really in life in general Yeah, (laughs) is you got to listen to your peers, man. Listen to people around you. If they're saying that this is happening and you know, you go through the testing and Hey, yeah, sure. It's happening. We need to try and address that issue. And then you also got to look at, uh, technology changes. So some, sometimes when you make something within a few years, something changes and allows you to make that better. So whether it be a a bigger cut with the same flight, uh, maybe thinner blades that are sharper, but just as strong because of materials. So you have to figure out what technology is offering to you to help make that change. And thirdly, you really have to just address a problem. So if there's an issue with a product that, that currently exists, that's where we come in to try and fix that issue. Gotcha. In general or specifically to that product. Yep. That makes sense. And I, cause I can only imagine being in some of those meetings that you're like, you know, with your team, your marketing team and stuff like that. It's like, mm-hmm. oh shit, how do we make this that much better? And maybe, you know, like you said though, but if you have an apparent problem or, you know, you have demand from in the mm-hmm. suggestion box, yeah. if you will, you know, it's like, well, maybe we should really try to fix this or that's right. Yeah. I got it. That that makes total yeah. sense. Yeah. You gotta it, pay attention, man. And that's, that's the thing you, you find, a, see a, See a need, fill a need, you find a problem and fix it. There you go. Yep. Now, if you had, let's just take Montec M3s right now. How many Montec M3s can you guys make in a day? Oof, that's a good question. (laughs) Uh, No, I don't. I know how many we packaged in about an hour yesterday because I was actually working the grind cell. That's how tough it's been lately. But uh, we could probably package and get, you know, sharpen and main uh, a lot. A lot. <laughs> yeah. I'd say, I don't know, we could probably get a pallet out in a day. 
which I don't even know how many is in that. I mean, Boy, think about how many. You're asking the wrong guy. <laughs> think about how many broadheads could be on a pallet, though. <laughs> yeah, I know. You got to figure there's six packs in a box. It's like 50 per. There's got to be 500 or so on a pallet. Oh, you'd think so. 500 packs. So you multiply that by three. So you're looking at like 1,500 roughly. Wow. Yeah. That's a yeah, lot. Yeah, we could probably do that. Yeah, we could probably do 500 packs a day. Okay. That's probably hustling. Now that's all speculation because I'm not privy to those numbers, but I feel like those numbers are probably within the ballpark of what you could really do, though. I feel like probably. that's probably pretty pretty close. Probably because I packaged. I, I think I packaged half a pallet yesterday. I only worked for like four hours on the. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I I got a couple selfish questions for you. Stuff that I I kind of want to know um, from yeah. you. What. In all the lines or all the broadheads you guys offer, what one is your favorite? I know, I know, mechanical wise, which one is your favorite? But is it still like your all around favorite, or is there one that sticks out a little bit more? Well, I, I mean, my favorite broadhead that we make is hands down the Mega Me. I mean, that thing is just nasty as yep. hell. It is three blades of terror, man. The sharpest ass blades on the, on earth. And <laughs> I like it. Just waiting to just cut something out you know they make giant holes so i love that broadhead but you know the m3 looks cool as shit and so and the four blade striker just i mean i feel like my eyeballs are gonna start bleeding i keep looking at it <laughs> so, there's a lot i like about all of our broadheads but if i'm picking one to go in the woods i'm picking the mega meat okay i'm, a, I'm kind of an expandable guy too yep i got now, you now that i killed a couple deer with them yeah yep, yep there you go now <laughs> And all the, you know, maybe reviews that you get or responses from customers, what is like that one thing that sticks out there that everybody says about a G5 across the board? Is it like, oh man, they've got great blood trails or man, the entry and exit holes are so good. Like, do you have one that sticks out in the office that's like, man, they just, everybody loves the blood trails. Like, do you have something uh, like that? Uh, yeah, the consistent ones, the mega meat, it has been the whole. Okay. Like literally, people will call and be like, "You should have seen this hole! Oh my god, the hole!" They didn't even care that it was a 160 inch friggin' white tail. They just <laughs> screaming about the hole. I'm like, dude, look at the horns on that. So forget about the horns. Stop this hole, you know. <laughs> so that's been kind of recent because of the mega meat. But uh, uh, there was one story that really stuck out that we got a few of these, but nothing to this guy's extent. He shot 13 white tails with the same Montec. Oh my gosh. So, yeah, he would just shoot one and then go get it and resharpen it and shoot it again and shoot it again. And shoot it. He wrote us a letter, took all the pictures, and he actually sent us the Montec back. No it was way. About, yeah, it was about 20 grains light because he kept sharpening it so much. Really? Yeah. It, yeah. He sent in pictures of all the deer he shot and the Montec that he shot him with. That's so, so cool. That's. I mean, I wonder if his setup changed it all as he kept you know sharpening it 20 grains late that's that can be quite a bit yeah in a setup, it was you know? it was a big deal yeah it was it was pretty light it was wow. it was pretty funny too because we're and even like you could tell that he sharpened some sides a little more than others because there was a bigger bevel on one side than some of the others so sure. it did make me wonder like how is this thing flying for this guy well i guess good enough because he killed 13 freaking deer with it so. no kidding wow that yeah. that's that's a testimonial right there it I was. Mean, yeah we got it we got it sitting up in our in our foyer of our office there so yeah and that's that's one thing that we were all pretty proud of to see and and needless to say we sent that guy a couple packs of broadheads that's cool man yeah. 
And now, that's the only problem with the Montag and the M3 is like, buy another pack already. You know, it's right. like the, our best friend is the trees that you can't get your broadhead out of. Because <laughs> otherwise the people are just reusing them, shooting them again. <laughs> yep. No, I, I get that. Are you guys offering any sort of sharpeners for your fixed blades or anything like that? Yeah, absolutely. We offer a flat diamond stone, which is basically just a flat uh, sharpening stone uh, that you, you sharpen Montex with because it's just you just set those down and just kind of circles. Um, and then we offer what's called a sportsman sharpener, which is more like your kitchen knife type sharpener where it's got the, the V, you stick the blade in and you just kind of go back and forth. Okay. So, um, yeah, they're, they're pretty... I mean, the flat diamond stone is great because it's small and it packs away, and so does the sportsman's. You can put that easily in a backpack or something. You could sharpen knives with it, too, so it's not just for broadheads. But uh, some of our replaceable blade broadheads, though, aren't really meant for resharpening like that. You're supposed to replace the blades, hence that's why they're replaceable blades. So, sure. um, But, yeah, the steel, the ones that aren't stamped like that, yeah, the you could resharpen just about anything with those. I got you. Very cool. And what else do you guys offer on that like G5 side there? Oh man, as far we got, as... you, got, you got time for this? We got a lot of stuff. Yeah, let's hit it, man. I got some time. <laughs> <laughs> well, we offer quivers. We got the Mont or the, uh, the headlock quiver. We got a six arrow version. We got a four arrow version, and we have a crossbow six bolt version. Okay. Um, obviously, we offer. Re- uh, Retainer clips like snap lock collars and blades for all of our broadheads that are according. Um, and then we have, um, we got the sharpeners that covered those. We have the Torquey, which is a torque wrench for your broadhead. One of my, our, one of my favorite products we make. Okay. It's just simply called the Torquey. And it's just a little torque wrench for your broadheads to tighten them, get them on and get them off without cutting your hands open. And, you know, you'd be surprised how many times I've seen guys cut themselves just putting on a broadhead. I bet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then we have on the G5 side, oh, the BMP system, which I talked about, which is is it's getting some traction. I, I think you stay tuned on that one. You're going to see some huge developments on that side. Okay. is that um, Did you just, like, let something out of the bag there? Like, uh, I hope not. But uh, <laughs> there's there's going to be some, some developments on the BMP side. So if we don't do it, somebody else will. I think there's a something there. You know? Okay. Um, and then – there's a small game head. I don't know if you've ever used our small game head, but that is one of the toughest. It's really cool. It's a really cool, tough design broadhead, but it's meant for if you miss and you hit the ground, it pops up in the air instead of uh, burying into the ground your arrow. Yep. So it's, it's really cool. It's really strong. I've shot a few chipmunks with that. Things awesome. Okay. Um, and then what else do we have? Now, now you're going to make me have to try and go to the website. <laughs> uh, we have a vault to hold your broadheads, which is pretty sweet. Um, we used to make sites, but not anymore. So I'm not going to – we used to make rests, but not anymore. So I'm not going to really have to okay. those. We got, we got blue glue, which is uh, like your fletching glue and your insert glue. Um, oh, and then we have the new – what a really cool design uh, arrow squaring device. It's the ASD Flip. So it – it accommodates all fletching sizes, so the really long ones or even the short ones. Um, and what it does is it squares the front end of your arrow perfectly when you put your insert in, and then you square off your insert, and then when you screw your broadhead in, it is all perfectly flush and square, so your broadhead has no run out, no spin on it at all, no extra wobble on it. I like that because that can that if it's not square, I've, I've built a lot of arrows and mm-hmm. get really kind of geek out into bow setups and arrows like that. And if that stuff isn't square, I mean, it, it is a big deal. Like, it really can yes. be a big deal. 
Absolutely. It is. It's, it's a huge deal. So that's, I thought that was a pretty cool, we, we originally made an ASD a while ago and it, it was a good design, but this design is so much better because it accommodates, it accommodates all, um, fletchings. It accommodates, you can flip it around. You could bolt it right to the top of your, your workbench if you want to, to make it nice and solid. It's got replaceable grinder tips on it. So if you just wear one out, you just put a new one on. Um, it's it's a really good design, and I think that's something that a lot of guys underestimate when they're building their own arrows is keeping that front end square. Sure. That's a big deal. So, yep. and then we offer peeps. We have some of the best award winning peeps on the market, man. Our new Meta Pro peep has a convex interior, so it actually is curved on the inside. So when the peep tilts a little bit, it keeps a perfect circle. Mm, okay, so that's pretty cool, and I think that's it. You guys got offer yeah. a lot of stuff. I've I've shot one of your peeps for I mean, man, probably since I was like twelve years old. Uh, yeah, <laughs> your peep. I it probably hasn't been yeah. that long, but it seems like it's been a long time. Yeah, is it blue? It's uh, no, because I I've, I've been shooting the black one just because my setups oh, okay. are uh, different color. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yep. Yeah, our, our old, old peeps were all, only color we made was blue. That's, we were trying to be like, oh, then you know it's our peep because it's only blue, right? Yep, yep. Um, and then we had to change that because everybody accessorizes so much. So Sure, yep. Well, man, I think that's all I had. Do you have anything else that you kind of want to touch on or maybe I've missed? No, I mean, one thing I would like to talk about is a little bit uh, our industry. I'd like to say a little something to the uh, uh listeners if you will heck yeah man um the one thing that we have to make sure that we covet and we kind of try to help progress is new hunters so we need to be much more inviting as a group of community hunters to these new hunters so we we got to stop bashing each other guys we got to really kind of be be happy for each other and we got to show the people that might be interested how much cooler it is on this side of the fence because one thing that's happening out there that I know I don't need to tell you this is our rights are being taken away on a regular basis. Yes, they are. And it's only getting worse, and I don't think it has ever been a worse time than it is now. So if we don't try and make it more attractive from the outside looking in, it'll just be that much easier for them to take it from us. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what I ask. I ask all the listeners and everybody, let's not let this stuff happen to us. We need to work together to quit this stuff from happening i agree man well said too because i feel like i mean you know we're a small fish in a big pond as far as the hunting outdoor industry goes and you know getting new hunters into this and new outdoorsmen anglers everything i mean across the board it you know power in numbers we need numbers we need more people doing the things that we're doing and and yes i agree i used to be that little ignorant kid that was like man neighbor shooting deer like that and everything it's like man stop being a stop being a dummy yeah, yeah, you know don't, and just don't do it yeah, i i always yeah. go with the the will ferrell everybody love everybody kind of thing <laughs> yeah. you know what i mean i mean yeah and it, it, i don't want to be all kumbaya like that but the the fact of the matter is is if they're watching you beat each other up they're not they're not going to respect us they're not going to come into it so 100 percent, you know so we got to be a little bit careful every now and then. Yes, we do want to get on top of guys that maybe are cheaters and stuff like that because, you know, one bad seed ruins the whole apple or whatever. Yes. But at the same time, you know, if a guy shoots a, a spike, you know, don't don't get mad at him, you know. I mean, you don't know his experience. You don't know why he did it, you know, some of those things. So, Amen, brother. And, 
you know, and even females, they get the worst rap too, you know, especially good looking ones. They always get screwed. Like, yeah. oh, she ain't a hunter. She just looks good. I'm like, well, she might be a hunter, dude. You don't yeah. know that. <laughs> yep. I mean, you're, we're only seeing a, a lot of times face value on Instagram and everybody, you know, looks good on fa- in Instagram. You know what I mean? Like everybody's yeah. life is perfect, but realistically yeah. it's No, they're not. just as miserable as we are. Ex- exactly. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Well said, man. Thank you very much for saying that. Cause that's, I try to say it as much as I can and, um, mm-hmm. we just need to all unite and, and just be on the same page and, yep. Respect each other and let's grow this damn sport. Because if we don't, it's going to die. It scares For sure. me. It scares it the really hell out of me, too. Me. Yes. So, well, right. thank you very much for coming on and doing this. Before we do leave, I mean, hit everybody mm-hmm. up right now. Tell everybody where they can go purchase yeah. G5 stuff, look at G5, learn more, all that stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you want to learn more about G5 Broadheads, go to G5Outdoors.com. Um, we, we also make bows, prime, prime archery.com is some of the most accurate bows on the market and quest is some of the best built price point bows that you're ever going to find. So, and if you ever just, uh, want to learn more, check out our Instagram and our Facebook, uh, we're always posting stuff there and, and yeah, remember just stay safe out there guys. Awesome, man. Thank you, Ryan, very much for coming on and doing this and taking the time on your Friday. Uh, I know you're probably wanting to get home and probably get a cold one in your hand and just relax. So Yeah, I can't wait. I can't (laughs) leave just yet. I got a few more meetings. There you go. I'll I'll be doing that this weekend for sure. Well, again, thank you very much, man, and um, you know, good luck this fall. Yeah, you too, man. You take care. All right, thank you. Thanks, bye. All right, there you have it. Thank you very much to Ryan for coming on and talking with us today breaking down all the g5 products that they have and uh that was really cool i i like to hear all that kind of stuff here and now um it's uh they offer a lot of good products as far as broadheads goes accessories i mean they they're they're top notch honestly and they've been around for a long time so um if you guys want to go over there and check it out go to g5outdoors.com and check those out and uh yeah i guess that's all i got for today I'm going to remind you again, go to iTunes, leave a five-star rating, leave a review. That would be greatly appreciated. Thank you for all the support and everything, all the downloads. And don't forget, we'll see you right here next week on the Fall Podcast.